Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. So right now, I am reading The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green, which is a collection of essays where he reviews such hits as Diet Dr. Pepper and Kentucky Bluegrass and Our Innate Sense of Wonder. It's very charming. Um, If you want like a book of short essays where John Green reviews the randomest things ever relating to humanity, I highly recommend it. I'm only partway through But I did, back in the day when it was a podcast, I would listen to it as a podcast. It works really, really well in audio because John Green has such a distinctive voice. And like hearing him tell the stories is is so fun because he obviously connects stories from his own life into the essays that he writes. So I think you should give it a go if that sounds fun to you. And I think also this is a good one for either listening on audiobook or looking up the podcast, because I think it's still available on podcast catchers. Anyway, that's what I'm reading right now. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Let's get started and talk about what we all came here for, which is Thistlefoot by Jenna Rose Nethercott. I'll work on that transition. We'll get it down next time. Here is the summary. The Yaga siblings, Bellatine, a young woodworker, and Isaac, a wayfaring street performer and con artist, have been estranged since childhood, separated both by resentment and by wide miles of American highway. But when they learn that they are to receive an inheritance, the siblings agree to meet, only to discover that their bequest isn't land or money, but something far stranger a sentient house on chicken legs. Thistlefoot, as the house is called, has arrived from the Yaga's ancestral home outside Kiev, but not alone. A sinister figure known only as the Long Shadow Man has tracked it to American shores, bearing with him violent secrets from the past, fiery memories that have hidden in Isaac and Bellatine's blood for generations. As the Yaga siblings embark with Thistlefoot on a final cross-country tour of their family's traveling theater show, the Long Shadow Man follows in relentless pursuit, seeding destruction in his wake. Ultimately, time, magic, and legacy must collide, erupting in a powerful conflagration to determine who gets to remember the past and craft a new future. Thistlefoot was published in 2022. Our author is Jenna Rose Nethercott. Thistlefoot is her first novel, but she did publish a narrative poem called The Lumberjack's Dove in 2018. According to her website, she has been a writer-in-residence at the Vermont Studio Center, Art Farm Nebraska, and the Shakespeare and Company Bookstore in Paris, among other places. She is also a producer at Grimm and Mild, where she conducts supernatural and historical research for the podcast Lore, which I don't really listen to anymore, but I did enjoy for quite some time, once upon a time. 
So that's neat. I didn't know that she was connected with that until I started researching for this podcast. Thistlefoot is another one from my Book of the Month Club. Now, Kaikei is still my favorite book that I've gotten from the club, but this one definitely takes second place, moving the cartographers into third place. I know you're very interested in my extremely arbitrary ranking of books received from this online book club service. Now, with the cartographers, I mentioned that I was frustrated at how long it took for magic to start happening and to have any effect. There wasn't really anything wrong with the cartographers. I just had unmet expectations, which I brought to the book myself. That's on me. Also, it had some other weird stuff. It's fine. I did a whole podcast episode about the cartographers already. We're talking about Thistlefoot. Thistlefoot started off strong with the magic and kept it up, introducing and exploring different shapes it can take. And it also pulled in fairy tales and storytelling in a really cool way, cool and interesting way. I would not call this book high fantasy. It might fall under urban fantasy technically, except I feel like urban fantasy, for some reason in my head, requires like vampires or werewolves or fairies or some other kind of supernatural entity, which Thistlefoot doesn't have. So it might fall more under magical realism, but also it doesn't matter. It's not my job to describe exactly the genre of every book that I read. I'm just trying to give you a good idea of what's going on here. So I hope that was helpful and not at all confusing. Uh, moving on. You may have noticed that the sibling's last name is Yaga. Like I just said, Nethercott ties this story into folklore and fairy tales and very much into the stories of Baba Yaga. Just in case you're unfamiliar, a brief primer on Baba Yaga. Not Keanu Reeves, actually. That's a reference to the John Wick movies, in case you're unaware. Baba Yaga is most commonly found in Slavic folklore. She is either a witch or an ogre, but either way a powerful figure not to be tangled with on a whim. She lives in a house that walks around on chicken legs and flies around in a cauldron or mortar when she's feeling like driving with the top down, I guess, when the house with chicken legs is insufficient. If you are lost in the woods and encounter Baba Yaga, she is just as likely to eat you for dinner as she is to help you get home. This is only a little bit a story about Baba Yaga. Mostly, this is a story about a house. But not just any house. A house that walks on chicken legs. A house called Thistlefoot. It's also the story of Bellatine and Isaac, estranged siblings who reunite after years apart to receive their strange inheritance. Moving living houses like Thistlefoot are not unknown in this world. This is a world only slightly unlike our own. Memory has power here, trauma seeping through bones and foundations to give birth to something new. 
For example, in this world, during Hurricane Katrina, some houses in New Orleans grew gills and swam away. Moving houses are a novelty, but not an anomaly. Houses do not hold the market on magic. The siblings are themselves novelties. Isaac has an uncanny ability to mimic people to adopt their shape and voice and manner. He is always running, moving on before anyone gets to know who he really is. He sees the house as an opportunity. They can take it on tour, put on a show, get some cash, and he can finally pay the debts that he's running from. Bellatine's magic is different. She has an uncanny ability to bring objects to life. She's been hiding from herself, scared of her power and refusing to use it. When she steps inside the house for the first time, the clamor of her power fades away. To her, the house is a refuge, a place where her magic is quiet and still. She'll do anything to make it her home. Isaac proposes a deal. They'll do a tour, taking the house on the road and performing a puppet show across the country, and afterward he'll sign his share of the house over to her. It's probably important to note at this point that they were raised in a traveling puppet theater. Which is what? What a backstory. Do you want to learn about puppet stage shows? This is the book for you. The point is... The siblings know how to put on a traveling puppet show. They didn't just pull this idea from nowhere. Bellatine is not thrilled. Her power, which is to bring objects to life, is constantly trying to break free from her control and would eagerly seize upon the puppets, bringing them to life like she used to do as a child. But it's important that Bellatine desperately wants this house, so she agrees to Isaac's plan. The house has been stashed away for around 70 years and needs some TLC before they can take it on the road, but luckily Bellatine is a woodworker and she starts rebuilding it. Refurbishing it, I guess, is probably the better way to put that, but it's not just refurbishing the house and Bellatine's unruly power that they have to deal with. There is also a stranger looking for the house. He spreads fear and death in his wake, leaving a trail of people behind him who unexpectedly and randomly attack anyone around them after he has passed them by, and they don't remember why. Isaac is out on his own for an evening, and he is nearly caught by this stranger. But he is rescued by an unlikely group of people who are hunting this stranger, and they call the stranger the Long Shadow Man. Now, the group who rescues him are like a traveling band who stumbled on the mystery of the Long Shadow Man and are determined to stop him from hurting anyone else. They have like a chemistry lab in their tour bus that they're using to like make antidotes to the Long Shadow Man's power. I just let it happen. It was fine. They play an important role and provide extra perspectives on magic, which from a storytelling perspective is good. 
It's not just Bellatine and Isaac who have magic, and the way their magic takes shape is not the only way that magic happens. It felt like Nethercott struck a good balance of leaving some things unexplained while also giving us, like, a variety of examples of how things might present in the world. And the first part of this book is sort of accidentally hilarious because Bellatine is focused on rebuilding the house and bonding with it. She talks to it. And generally, she's having like a pretty nice time with Thistlefoot. And meanwhile, in the background, Isaac is nearly getting kidnapped and murdered and like possessed by ghosts. Bless his heart. Anyway, (laughs) after they rescue him, Isaac promises to help the traveling band crew on their quest. And then he promptly takes Bellatine and Thistlefoot on the run. Running is what Isaac knows, and it's what he is called to do. He's hoping if they just keep moving, they can stay out of the Long Shadow Man's path. As you might expect, they don't manage that. Look, I don't know what to tell you, but books generally need like a conflict. And you can only run for so long before the shadows of your past catch up with you. Isaac and Nabellatine will have to uncover the history of the house and unearth their own family's forgotten stories if they want to have a chance of surviving the Long Shadow Man and forging a future. Interspersed through this book are chapters from Thistlefoot's perspective as the house explains its own origins, first through fairy tales, ones that change with each telling, and gradually Page by page, you uncover the truth hidden in the layers of fairy tales, things kept hidden and safe for so long that they've almost been lost and forgotten. Uh, And I'm not going to tell you much more than that. I really liked the way this one unfolded and revealed itself, so I'd like to keep that mystery alive for you as well. The story and history woven in with the tales of Baba Yaga was really well done. It's a story that talks about refugees, about people fleeing violence, and how the past follows us, how we carry the wounds of our ancestors, even if we don't remember how those wounds were received. It's about reviving lost history and healing from the past and all sorts of good things. And overall, as I hope you got the impression, I liked it. I think it dragged a little in places, and there were definitely moments I kind of rolled my eyes at, because there's things that I've seen over and over and over in books. I wouldn't call this a perfect book by any means, but I would recommend it. And this is only Nethercott's first novel. I hope she keeps writing, because I would love to see what she decides to write next. If you want more media like this, I'm going to recommend a couple of things. The Wayward Children series by Shannon McGuire and Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. And I have a review for Nettle and Bone up on my website. Join me next time to hear about The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova. 
As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it, or just share it with a friend. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast or at BacklogBooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.